from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. You know, for students, memorizing history dates is not relatable. Mm -hmm. To help us picture the desk that you're talking about, President Lincoln was our tallest president. He stood at six foot four. You know, two people who are meticulously going through every square inch of a piece and then looking at those images and going back and making sure that they've gotten all of the detail of it. I'm Elaine Cha. In Springfield, Illinois, some 13 million items are housed at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. One of those is the music box of Mary Todd Lincoln, the wife of Abraham Lincoln. And thanks to a governor's emergency education relief grant in 2020, that music box is among about 100 items that people can now experience through an online 3D gallery. Joining me to talk about that is Christina Shutt, Executive Director of the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. Christina, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for having me today, Elaine. It's a joy to be with you. Accessibility was the primary motivation for creating this 3D gallery. Christina, what other considerations factored into the decision to put resources into this digital archive? Well, you know, for us, we're always looking at how can we make Lincoln relevant to a new generation. We know that not everybody has the resources or the time to come here in Springfield and, you know, sit in our archive and do research in our, in our reading room. And so we want to think about ways that we can make Lincoln accessible. Um, we want to think about ways we can make him relatable to people. And one of those ways is by increasing our digital collections. You know, we've already really um, have roots in doing that through our paper Abraham Lincoln project, which is seeking to digitize every document that Lincoln ever wrote. And so for us, this is really a next step into um, beginning to look at the three-dimensional objects of Lincoln's life and his family's life. Now, how did the museum choose what would go into the 3D gallery? Well, for us, you know, we started looking at what are the objects that are kind of most requ requested? What are the things that people are looking at or interested in the most? Um, we really wanted those high-impact items to get uh, the most play. So as you um, referenced earlier, the music box um, that we heard a small sampling from, that's an object that people often request to, to see more of and to hear more of. And, and now, thanks to um, these digital images, they're able to see and, um, you know, the, the music box in a three-dimensional virtual um, space. What was the very first item that you saw scanned? I think for me, the first item I saw scanned was actually the desk that Lincoln wrote um, his first inaugural address on. And it is a beautiful piece of um, furniture. It's actually a um, storeman's desk. So it was a someone who owned a shop, right? Uh, so all of these people, as you can imagine, were um, pressing in on Lincoln, trying to get his time um, as he's, you know, living in Springfield still, waiting for his inauguration. And he just needs a quiet moment to write <laughs> his first inaugural address on, mm -hmm. to write these words that are really going to be the most important words um, that he will deliver, the, the first step that he will say um, to the country about what his presidency will become. 
and he just needs a quiet place to ride. And so um, his brother-in-law offers him um, an, a quiet office above his store. And in it, um, we see the desk where uh, you can still sort of see where the shopkeeper would have had his uh, notes, his bills of sale, right, that he was pulling in and out of the desk. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to see an object in that kind of detail, to see something that is so large scale, I mean, unfortunately, we just can't have it on display all of the time. We have 13 million items we try and rotate through our galleries. And so it's just not possible to have that desk on display every day. But to be able to see it in this kind of detail, to look under the underside of a desk, something that we would never allow visitors to be able to do, mm -hmm. right, uh, because of the distance. To be able to see it in that way, I think, is um, a, such a moving piece for me. It's it's not something you can hold in your hand. It's something that's too big to be able to um, be encapsulated, right, um, in, in such a small space. Well, and that gets to a question that I, I had, as, as well as our executive producer. So gallery items were scanned using equipment that's much the same as what's now used in a, a dentist's office. And doing that with a campaign button or an ivory letter opener, that's one thing. But how did contractors performing these scans manage dramatically larger items like the desk that you're talking about? And uh, just as a reminder, like, and to help us picture it, President Lincoln was our tallest president. He stood at six foot four. So how did they, how did they do that scanning? Well, it was some ladders <laughs> and a very sort of slow process. And so they very meticulously took, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of images of this piece and then reassembled these images into this three-dimensional um, object. And so if you can imagine, essentially, like you said, a, a sort of dental, the kind of same scanner sort of looks like when you get the x-rays at your dental office where it goes around your mouth. You can imagine something like that, but having, you know, two people who are meticulously going through every square inch of a piece and then looking at those images and going back and making sure that they've gotten all of the detail of it. Um, it's it's quite remarkable to see done, and we're really fortunate that um, the governor's grant allowed us to make this possible. We're speaking with Christina Shutt, who is the executive director of the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum in Springfield, Illinois. That's quite a, a mouthful. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And she's talking with us about uh, a new 3D gallery that's available online. Another item I was wondering about is Abraham Lincoln's shaving mirror. Because that has a reflective surface, was there something special that needed to be done with that um, in that scanning process? Yeah, so they actually went back and kind of corrected some of the images um, of the mirror so you don't get the reflection of the, of the, the men who were scanning in the mirror um, and sort of auto-corrected that a little bit um, to you know the sort of mirrored surface. Um, but that piece, I think, is probably one of my favorite pieces in our collection because for me, it's not just, you know, we think about Abraham Lincoln standing before the mirror and trimming his beard, um, you know, edging it up just right the same way many men do today mm -hmm. uh, when they're looking at their beards. But more than that, um, the Lincolns actually gift that to a woman named Rita de Freitas, who was a Portuguese woman who was a servant in their home. And that's the reason that we have the mirror today is because she kept it in her family and passed it down through generations. Mm -hmm. And so for that mirror, it's more than just a story about Lincoln, you know, a man and his beard. It's also a story about, 
you know, port, the Portuguese immigrants who worked in his home, um, the story of Portuguese immigrants who, who were fleeing religious persecution and coming to central Illinois. Um, it, we tell part of that story um, within that mirror as well. So many facets and reflections of, of many kinds. I, as I was looking at that particular item, I could, I, what I was imagining was how it would smell as well. There, there's a certain textural quality um, that comes through in, um, in these 3D images. Now, when it comes to who is looking at these items, have you been keeping track of where people are accessing this gallery from? We are. Um, so we're continuing to keep track of, you know, who's looking at it, where they are through our website statistics. But I think for me, the most important thing is that we're having teachers who are accessing this material, who are thinking about ways they can use this in their classroom. You know, I am all for ways that we can figure out making history more alive and more interesting to students. You know, for students, memorizing history dates is not relatable. Mm -hmm. That's not something that makes them feel engaged. But understanding, you know, something like seeing Lincoln's shaving mirror, you know, something you imagine um, a teenage boy, you know, who's 15, 16 years old and is shaving for the first time. And here he can relate to Lincoln. Well, Lincoln did that too, right? Um, that's something that helps him remember history, that helps him understand that Lincoln was a man just like he is becoming, right? Or even to hear Mary Lincoln's music box and understand that, well, Mary Lincoln enjoyed music as well, right? There was a reason why she chose to have that um, in her possession, to play those songs, right? That the family preserved it in such a way that the music still plays even today. Mm -hmm. um, there's a reason for that, and that's something that I think um, helps us to embrace and understand history more. Um, and again, make it more than just sort of the facts and the dates of history. Yeah, the relatability of those everyday items, um, that is certainly something that interested me. And one of them is the dinner room bell, which we happen to have audio of. So to be perfectly honest, Christina, I couldn't <laughs> quite figure out, even after manipulating the 3D bell and enlarging it on my computer screen, how a person would use it. The bell looks to me, anyway, like a, a fully enclosed helmet, like a, an Aquanauts helmet with knobs, and it sits on a, a wooden pedestal. There's no clapper visible, so it must be inside. How does that dinner bell work? Um, so you kind of, I guess, ring it back and forth. So um, sort of flick it, I guess, is the way to, I don't know if I'm describing it quite right, but you sort of flick it uh, in your wrist. So you mm -hmm. imagine turning the handle of a knob, mm -hmm. and that's sort of the way that it plays. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really cool. Again, thinking about the Lincolns going to dinner, right, and mm -hmm. the dinner bell being chimed to signal the start of a meal, right? Eating is something that we all share, right, as humans. Yes, yes. And again, that's something that I think connects us across time with the past. Mm -hmm. And so much of what we're really trying to do, both with this collection, but really overall with our kind of vision and direction that we're moving in, is really trying to connect people with the past, helping them to understand that we want to have, we want people to have roots um, in the past and to know that those roots are deep, mm -hmm. um, that we have a rich history of. Um, in this country, and we want people to understand that. 
Have you noticed that when you do have visitors who maybe did not grow up in this country, I would be one of those. I, I spent my elementary and middle school years in Canada. So the kind of exposure that I had to Abraham Lincoln as a, an historical figure, and also one um, you know, who represents um, some, of the, some of the truths and the myths about uh, what America is, like they don't have that same experience. Do you find that visitors who come to the museum, um, that they stop at different things than maybe kids coming through with their classes might? Oh, absolutely. I think there are different parts of the museum that resonate with different people. Um, we recently updated some of the labels in our gallery that kind of focus on women. And originally those labels focused on kind of the negative or gossipy aspects of Mary Lincoln. So essentially it was these sort of headless mannequins gossiping about how much they hated Mary Lincoln. And one of the things that we've done um, in the last few months is we've updated those labels to really reflect the social and political power that these women's kind of soft political power, these women were wielding, that they were um, using as a way to try and um, shape uh, their spheres of influence, right? Even within their kind of limited, at this point, right? Women can't vote. And I think what's been really interesting is to see um, women stop and read the label sometimes. So it used to be people would kind of breeze through, they'd read a label or two and then keep moving through the gallery thinking, well, it's a room of pretty dresses. Okay, let's go to the next thing where the real action happens. And the way in which we really recenter the story is about saying, no, these women were engaged too. That yes, they're not the people who get to sit at the cabinet table. They're not the people who get to you know, vote on the 13th Amendment. But they are people who are using their social power to try and change um, the situation around them, to try and influence um, the men who are making these decisions. Christina, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thanks for having me. Today's episode was produced by Alex Hoyer, with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.